You have to conquer the mind in order to conquer the body. And if you conquer the body before you conquer the mind, then you just go back and forth. And that's what yo-yoing is. That's like my whole yo-yo theory, right? Is if your physical growth precedes your mental growth, you're just not aligned with where you end up. Mm. And if you're not aligned with where you end up, you always return to equilibrium. So for example, like if you're losing weight out of, like they say, oh, you can't, you know, hate yourself into change. But it's not some like wishy-washy, like love yourself statement. Like it's, it's true because if your change is out of like dissatisfaction, you're never doing it with the right intentions. Um, and in those situations, you're also more inclined to choose the scientifically less effective and more self-sabotaging approaches, which would be like really restrictive dieting, doing things as quickly as possible. So I think everybody thinks yo-yoing is caused by just like bad strategy, but bad strategy usually coincides with bad mindset. And it's really, that's the root. Um, yeah. So for me, it's like, if you, if you don't become a new identity mentally that aligns with where you've ended up physically, you're going to fall back to wherever you started essentially. Um, yeah. So that's, that's that. That's my yo-yo theory. And it's, I like it. it's all about mindset. It's not about food. It's not about exercise. It's not about, you know, your friends telling you to go get pizza or the cookies in your cabinet. It's 100% about your self-identity and your intentions and your reasons for wanting to change and whether they're coming from the right place and whether you've spent time considering if they are or how to make them come from the right place. Today's podcast episode is <laughs> on... Why'd you have to start off with a rant? You got to start off gentle. You got to ease the people put into that it. Rant into another part. I'm gonna like life. cut it. Yeah, put it somewhere else. We got to practice because of this. That's why I'm starting with a rant. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. No, but I agree. I agree. Um. Well, the part that I connected with most with what you're saying is doing something with the wrong intention, having the wrong motivation behind it. And what I gather from that is we actually have a lot of wrong motivations, but they're the right motivations at the time. We start out wanting one thing and we think that's what we want. And so it motivates us to get moving. And then we realize after we've achieved that, that it actually wasn't about that. And if we were to maintain doing that habit or that discipline, then it's going to evolve into something else anyways, something that's more aligned with, you know, maybe giving back to the community and not completely selfish. So I think the selfish motivations are super great to get you started. But after to maintain the discipline, it's actually useful to keep focusing almost um, on giving back to the community, giving back to the world. Because for me, I have to perceive uh, what I'm doing in any form as I'm going to create an impact for the world. I'm going to be able to help somebody else. But that's because I'm attached to the greatest good being for Mm -hmm. other people, not just for myself. Yeah, and I think we all are attached to both, right? It's survival to be attached to your own greater good, but it's also, and that's like, what it, you know, what is it? It's um, not I'm trying to think of the word. There's like individualism. I forgot what it's called. God, what's the word? But basically, like, 
there is like dependency and individualism and then there's like co what the fuck is the word no because that's not a good thing the word is a good thing oh cooperation mm, that's not the word i don't know what it is mutual benefits i think it's in the book the seven habits of highly successful people i think that's the book it's in but it is basically dependency independence interdependence god interdependence which is whereas you're not dependent as like a a necessity um but you're not individualistic to the point where you're not like taking advantage of other perspectives and viewpoints and like what you can do to work with other people so the, a big problem and this is just going to get a little like historical and political is of course like this surge of like individualism especially in american culture like in the last century or so has made people really focus on themselves, which isn't a bad thing, but it's taken away our power in working together. Um, and those things can coexist. Interdependence is them co- coexisting. So the base, and this 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 goes into all scenarios, which is take care of yourself before you can take care of others, because it's assumed that you will and have to do both in order to be at your best self. Um, so I think like when we talk about coming from the right intentions, it's not only that it needs to start selfishly and then that you cut off that selfish part to help other people. It's that they fuel each other. Like your selfishness fuels your ability to help other people. So people who are Mm -hmm. selfish only for themselves in their fitness or otherwise run into roadblocks and people who believe that selfishness in all avenues is bad because they should always be helping other people run into roadblocks. The ones who are selfish suffer in relationships and they suffer to like really connect to other people and work with them. And the other people burn themselves out because they're not taking care of themselves at all. It's like refilling your own cup, right? So I think the idea is this becomes what we talked about, which is working on your fitness can be a selfish endeavor, but that's not a bad thing. I like to call it self-full, right? Yeah, so you wanna change your body, that's great. So you wanna feel better, that's great. But you're gonna be a better mom, a better dad, a better sister, a better worker, like even, long-term but even just like getting your workout in the morning like makes you focus better throughout the day like I wouldn't be half as good at my job if I didn't like squat this morning and that's just something that I have to do um it's the first thing I do in the morning maybe you'd call it selfish because I don't wake up for someone else but I wouldn't be able to serve my clients if I wasn't taking care of me so it's like interdependence is where we want to be I think but that's just a tangent I like it. You're on tangent roll today, so we're just going to let you keep going. I will be the like, product observer. When am I not? <laughs> when am I not on tangent roll? Uh, I'm, I'm getting better I, at listening. I think evolving our communication skills through this will be wonderful. So it's very good. It's very good for us both. Because um, monitoring two different people on a podcast in general is not easy, right? I have to speak up and then I have to ask you questions and then you got to speak up and then you got to ask me questions. It's got to be bouncing back and forth. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's a lot of the time we do just end up ranting at each other, which is super fun, but it's I kind th- of hilarious, but that just goes to show that like interdependence runs through everything. We have to work together and separately to make this thing work. Mm-hmm. I like, um, for me personally, I think that working out is one of those things. Like we have, we all need like a foundation. For me, mine is morning habits. My morning mm-hmm. habits and my nightly habits are the most important things. Then I get sleep schedule and then I can plan out my day. And then when I go to bed at the end of the day, I'm able to meditate, relax, and go through everything I went through through the day. <laughs> We're talking about creating a foundation 
that you can build off for the rest of your life. One of the foundational key components in me being successful in anything is working out. And it's been that way for 10 fucking years. 10 years of, okay, I'm going to grind in the gym so that my mind is clear so that the rest of my day is easy because it's so much harder for me to conquer my body and conquer that physical pain and that stress in my brain telling me that it doesn't want to keep going Mm. when when I'm facing my day, right? It's so much harder to do that than anything else that I have lined up in my day. I can go on a million fucking sales calls if I've destroyed myself in the gym. And so yeah, this, this is something that I'm incorporating for, for my clients is this is why I can, this is why I can say one of the greatest goods that I can do is teach people how to train their body. Whereas before I didn't have the reasoning behind it, but now it's like, I care about working out because it allows me to do so many other yes. things, not because yeah. working out in itself is fucking awesome, which right, it's, right. it's okay. I mean, it's, it's cool, but it's, it's cool because of that stress, right? It's cool because you're kicking the shit out of yourself. So that the, everything else that comes at you, you're calloused enough to face those things. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think like you and I being people maybe within the fitness industry that also kind of aren't in the fitness industry and, or include fitness, like out of necessity have to work within the fitness industry, but kind of hate it. Right. Um, I think there's a, a widespread vision of the fitness industry and in that it's a very like bodybuilding centric industry, a very like self-absorbed, which of course, most of these things are total projections. However, some people do indeed present themselves in ways that suggest that these things are true, especially on social media. Um, there's a lot of projection going on in terms of like, this guy is self-absorbed and mold just because you're super fit and attractive and you make other people, you, you know, you, you make sales by making people feel bad about themselves. Like um, that's very like physically focused. And I think that part of our way of mediating that as humans who love fitness for so many other reasons um, is to really just like reiterate all of the other purposes that it serves. Right. Um the truth is that the, the more the more somebody posts about their physique change and their grinding in the gym, the more you're going to believe that that's the only reason they do it. But whether they realize it or not, and maybe mo- most people don't, um, that's not the only reason they do it. It gives I, you mental focus. It 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 feeds so many other things. Not even I, throughout your life, but like throughout your day. You know. I actually think that um, those people. I think that that's the perception that we get. And I actually think the vast majority of people who do exercise realize because like we were talking about with having the right motivation, I don't think they would have the right motivation if it's just, I work out so I can go get laid or I work out so I can look good. Or I don't think that you can maintain years and years of that discipline without it becoming something more, something real that aligns with like true value, true value being, you know, something outside of this material world, something that we can't measure, which is emotion and, the ability to give back to other people. So, well, and this is where this brings us back to the beginning of the conversation too. Whereas, if your intentions for starting aren't in the right place, or if your self identity or your mindset isn't in the right place, you will always return to equilibrium. Which is, if you're working out solely to change your body, dieting solely to change your body, for all of these external factors, um, it doesn't last. It never will, and it never does. And so, those people who are super, super consistent, like people who are like fitness gurus who look amazing all the time. Everybody thinks their whole life is about food and their physique and this and that, but by default, 
if, if you're even close to that position, you just know for a fact that the only people who've accomplished that level of like physical maintenance um, have mastered the mental thing first because mm -hmm. it simply doesn't last unless there's something more compelling. It just doesn't. Um, and I think we both know that just from being in this game for a while, like during those points in our journey where we may have fallen off, we had to like really search for reasons to keep going that weren't related to what we were like getting directly out of it. Yeah. Physically. Yep. I think that's a great point. There are so many points we could have turned off so many roads we could have like gone down, you know, turned off the main road, so to speak. And I think people really don't realize it. They think that, you know, self-obsession, being self-absorbed, being, you know, people who are at this for years and years and years, they can't, their main motivation can't be self-absorption because it's impossible. If that were it, it wouldn't be enough. It needs to be serving some other purpose in their life. And so a lot of that is projection by people who maybe do feel insecure if they see someone super fit and they don't think they're super fit. And that's where it gets like super touchy. But like, I know you've gotten comments on like things that you've posted and people are like, Oh, okay. Hey, look at your arms. And I'm like, yeah, his arms look good in the photo, but you were literally attacked for looking good in a photo because people presumed that your post was about showing off. And that's like mm. a really difficult thing because you never know how people are going to perceive it. As someone who like works on fitness. One second. Yeah. Justin, whatever you're cooking is getting destroyed. <laughs> you should leave that in the podcast. That's excellent. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to let him ruin it. Actually, really? I'm I going to see. In your room. Oh, wait, you haven't been here in four months. Whoops. Yeah. Um, so that's the interesting thing too is. So we start out with that motivation, right? So here's how our journey goes. We start out, I want to work out because I want to look good. I want to get this. I want to get this. There's all these stupid reasons that we start. And we start that journey and it's like, wow, this is getting hard. And you have to find a new motivation to continue doing a thing. Like, all right, I grinded out. I got this goal, whatever it is. And you have to find a new motivation. Eventually that motivation gets to a, a tier that I would say um, where you're almost like a visionary, where you're planning out your life through doing this one discipline over and over and over again, that it has become something that you're an expert at or you're trying to master. And through that mastery, through that learning how to overcome and overcome and overcome and overcome, you now have the key, this is straight out of David Goggins, you now have the key towards every other thing in your life that you can master because you've got that discipline. And, right. and um, damn it, the smell of his cooking getting ruined is really affecting me right now uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna fucking leave it he's he'll have to buy us a new pan and he's gonna learn not to set something cooking and then get on That's an hour long call yeah. i don't know well and i think when it comes to like we're, we're kind of talking about like your why you're like your true reasoning or like the most compelling reason for you to do something or continue and i think it's just always evolving like the reason you start is not the reason you continue is not the reason that you're still here like four years later necessarily. Um, so I think what a lot of people do when they start to get bored, a lot of people start to get bored. They start to like feel like they're losing consistency and they're going to turn off and go down another road and stop this thing. And so when they get bored, they think, oh, okay, so I need to change it up. We do this thing where it's like, 
I need to change it up, which means I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try new workouts. I'm going to go to a new boot camp. I'm going to try some new diet. Everybody's looking for like this physical newness. And what they're looking for out of that is, is a compelling reason to continue. So what, what's interesting is that as your why evolves, your implementation will evolve. So like when I started my like fitness, as you might call it journey, it was very much tied to like artistic expression. Like I was a dancer, but I trained myself physically really hard to like master that. And that was like an emotional outlet for me. And then my motivation got really body focused. And then I had an eating disorder. Um, and then it was still body focused, but I was quote recovered and gaining muscle and all this stuff. And now I'm kind of searching for like, what, what is, how is it feeding my life in other ways? And I know how it is, but your why is just always evolving. And as your why evolves, the physical implementation evolves. But I think the problem is that people are trying to do it the other way around. They're changing things up by changing the physical implementation. They're looking for a new why, but that's not how it works because your physical implementation needs to be a result of that mental intention changing. And when you do it the other way around, you get a whole population of people who number one are really susceptible to bullshit fitness industry marketing, which is always providing you with something shiny and new to keep you from being bored. But it also keeps you from understanding like what your true, really compelling intentions are for doing this. It's not just something to do. Um, yeah. I think your why evolves, your implementation evolves, and that happens very organically. There's no need to change anything out of boredom if you know what your why is because you just don't get bored. It, it evolves on its own. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think that the entire why behind why we need to change something when you're saying, oh, I need to figure out a new thing. Sure, that might be the case. You might need to figure out a new thing. Honestly, there are times that you do need to, but a lot of the time it has nothing to do that do with that. <clears throat> a lot of the time it has to do with you are hitting a barrier and it's causing you stress and your stress management skills suck. And so you want to change the things so you can avoid the stress or the suffering or the pain. And, you know, no matter where we're at in our life, there's always going to be some form of pain, suffering, stress, and it's accepting that that stress might be there, might be there. This is the statement. I want this word to be specifically worded this way. There is always a chance that there might be stress, and the acceptance of that is going to be one of the most useful things that we can have because you're prepared for stress you're okay. You're not like unaware when it comes, it hits you and then it just like destroys you and takes you off track. But at the same time, you are, you're not living in that stress either. You're just prepared for if something bad happens, I'll be ready for it and I'll be ready to overcome it. But right. a lot of us think that these barriers that come up are insurmountable. And we're like, Oh my God, my entire life is falling apart. And we romanticize how big this thing is when it's like, dude, you hit 225. You wanted to hit 245. It's taken a little bit longer than you wanted. And now you're thinking you need to change all of your routines and change your diet as well. Whereas, you know, this is a one degree shift that we need to do. And that one degree shift over and over again, eventually is going to be a huge shift. Right. And that's how this, this mentality acts as a huge disservice for people as well. Because when you need a one degree shift, 
And when you're not getting what you think you want out of something or your expectations aren't met or you're getting bored, which usually is a result of your expectations not being met, because if they were, <laughs> you wouldn't get bored. Yes. Um, you know, we, we, oh, I have to upper the whole thing and change it where actually that's quite self-sabotaging because the only way to improve where you are is to actually master what you're doing already. It's kind of like saying, I want you to change my workout program. And I'm like, you're always going to be squatting and deadlifting. So what do you want me to say to you? Just keep doing it. You know, like if you're bored, you're not pushing yourself hard enough mentally, you could be progressing more, or maybe like you're not eating enough or you're not getting enough sleep. There's always like that one degree factor that can be changed or switched or improved. And that needs to be done before you uproot everything. But this also kind of relates to, and this is how I like to refer to like setting time bound goals because it's important to set goals that are time bound so that you actually are pushing yourself, but it's important not to get like attached to any expectation of what the outcome will be. Um, because when we worry about time, what that is, is a distrust in the process. Worrying about time mm -hmm. is giving yourself an ultimatum. So if I don't have it by this time, it's not mine. But see, you have to know that it's yours, regardless of when it's coming, even if you're trying to get it by a certain point. Uh, and so this is like really law of attraction though, too. This is like what the law of attraction is, right? Which people don't understand this concept <laughs> of living in expectation without attachment, like having positive expectations without being attached to them to where you want them to happen and you know that they're yours. But if you don't get it in the time that you had predicted, like it's not over, it's still yours. Right. And people, people really can't grasp that concept of ex like positive expectation without attachment. Mm -hmm. And that's honestly, that's the law of attraction. That's also healthy relationships and friendships and work, anything, you know, like, well, think of it this way. You have faith in the fact that someone or something is there for you without like being attached at the hip. That, that is the ultimate manifestation. And that's, that's how healthy relationships are. That's how everything is. It's interesting. It, it's yes. It's um, it's also like, I was just Alex. No. What's his face? One of my favorite philosophers. Well, the way that he said it is like, when you think about this is the, how you manifest, right? When you think about opening your hand, do you actually think about opening your hand or do you just open your hand? Mm. What comes first, the thought or the action? And to get the thought out, if you do think about it, do you need to think about thinking about it? Because then there's going to be something behind that and you would just have an endless stream of I have to think. And so it doesn't work that way. And we get so obsessed with this idea of like, I need to think this through and I need to do this. And it's like life is kind of like, um, it's much more flow with than we think we get attached and analytical and that's useful in a form, but it removes this huge aspect of faith. Right. I think to get us to the point where we trust or have faith in the universe to get us to a point of having that faith. That's what the analytical mind is for. It's mm -hmm. to say, okay, well, mathematically maybe something like this can happen or it's to give us some firm grounding that gives us confidence so that we can let go and it's that like awkward dichotomy between analytical mind and just emotional like trusting faithful mind right and and it's about and that's that's also kind of like why 
the ultimate control is in letting go, which also doesn't make sense to people. Because, yes. Because letting go is just an example of knowing that you're in control. The only reason we feel the need to control so much is when we don't trust that we are in control. So if you know you're in control, you don't need that. And that's kind of like going back to fitness, right? It's peace of mind with strategy. Like if you know for 100% certain that the work you're putting in is effective and it's going to pay off. You don't have to add anything in for good measure. You don't have to say, maybe I'll go for an extra jog or maybe I'll cut a little more food out. I talk to women and men every day who are, they're so distrustful of the approach that they're taking that they're, con they're consistently adding or subtracting things for good measure. So they never even have like clear variables to measure their success on, but it's also just a lack of, of faith. And in certain scenarios, it's warranted if you're just not approaching your goals with a strategy that's even aligned for what you want. Um, but I think just like when it comes to, it's interesting. I was just thinking about this this morning, how everything is the law of attraction, but particularly fitness, it's the ultimate control is in letting go. So like, if you want to lose 10 pounds in the next four weeks, what happens if you get to the next four weeks and you didn't lose 10 pounds? Is it over? Are you done? No. So people beat themselves up for not getting to their like time bound goals because they're disappointed because this expectation that they had wasn't, it didn't come to pass, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that, that what they want can't be theirs. It just means that sometimes life flows on a different wavelength or things happen on different terms and you're still going to get it. So your faith can't be based on timing always. It doesn't mean you shouldn't set goals because Maybe you lost seven pounds, but you wouldn't have lost seven pounds if you didn't set a time-bound goal because you were, it forced you to be consistent. That doesn't mean that not getting all the way there in, in that four weeks is an ultimatum. It's kind of like saying, if I don't meet the perfect person by the time I'm 30, I'm like doomed to die alone. We don't do that consciously. Saying it out loud sounds dumb as fuck, but, but subconsciously we, we do that to ourselves to where it like causes yeah. us anxiety. <clears throat> And that's why I mean, like a lot of these things aren't conscious, they're subconscious. So feeling anxiety about getting older, like not meeting someone, like that's the ultimatum that you're giving yourself in your head subconsciously. And it, it forces you to operate in ways that push you further away from what you want. So <clears throat> I think that, sorry, adjusting my seat here. I think that in an ideal world, we can work with both like what you're saying with the goals, you know, the analytics, the numbers, we can crunch some numbers to see what's reasonable and possible. I mean, computers are founded on numbers. So they're obviously a great tool that we can utilize. Um, but ultimately, when we're letting, you know, the spirit or being that's within our bodies move and interact with the world, it's going to move a lot faster than numbers or electricity moves. It's going to consciousness moves faster and is like this immeasurable flowy force that we can't really attach a form to. And because of that, a lot of us, especially men, because I think it's the masculine trait to be uh, more analytical than, than females or women, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> we get so attached to it that it's, um, or we get so attached to one or the other that we don't really have a, useful mesh between the two a lot of people who are imbalanced are doing too much of one or too much of the other and i think that's um that right there is kind of the enlightening state that you need to be in is finding cooperation between both sides yeah 
And it's interesting because this is like a conversation about fitness, but it's becoming a conversation about everything. Like the way that we approach this and the way that we view this is the same as anything, anything that you're seeking to have, like anything physical that you want, any desire, money, house, car, job, relationship, body, like all of it is just manifestation. Like how are you going to approach this from like a mental standpoint that actually allows it to happen for you? And the first and foremost, like believing that you can have it is number one. And all of the things that we've talked about are just indications of ways in which people reveal that they don't really believe. Um, because subconsciously they don't, even if they think they do. You know what I, I mean? I totally know what you mean. I actually, um, believing that you can have it, the key word there being can, all you have to do is believe in the possibility of it and you will get it. Like yes. just believing in the possibility just opens the doors for you to start seeing, having things come into your life. It's not like you have to believe you have it right now. You don't have right. to believe that you have it right now. What you have to believe is that it's possible for you to have it right now, which all of us know it's possible. So we just need to sit in that feeling, sit in that belief rather than focus on, oh, I feel I have a hundred million dollars in my bank account right now. Right. I'm not saying that's unethical. You know, that might work, but I can't just sit here and believe, okay, I've got a hundred million when I know it's not in there. <laughs> right. Right. No. And I think that that's, this is kind of where we go into like self-identity as well. Um, so a lot of people who are stuck or yo-yoing with fitness or anything, right. They're not in a relationship because everyone's like, they're only attracting bad guys and they can't find the right one and like mm. all this stuff your self-identity is based on a definition of I can't have these things because I don't believe that I can. And so what we do is we're always looking for evidence that it's working, but that's another, that's another red flag. Um, one red flag is being excessively focused on time and instant gratification because you're giving yourself an ultimatum to where if you don't get it by this point, you're not going to get it. That's a lack of faith. Another one is looking for evidence, which is actually kind of the same thing. Um, and that is, it's been a week. I haven't lost any weight, like monitoring so closely those quantitative changes because you're looking for evidence of what you want coming to pass, but you don't need evidence when you already know it's yours. So the whole idea is that like be having belief in the possibility is kind of like crafting a new identity. Um, and you have to like become a new identity to have it stick right? So like what I said before is like, yes. if your physical manifestation doesn't align with your mental identity, you're always going to go back to alignment, which is backwards. And you're going to yo-yo and you're going to yo-yo. So quite literally as wishy-washy and woo-woo and stupid as it sounds, you can't have anything until you believe in yourself. Like it sounds, and that the problem is that we see statements like this all the time, everywhere, all over social media, inspirational, whatever, and people don't know what it means. They don't get it. They don't but, know that subconsciously, deep down, they don't believe themselves in themselves. And they don't know what the red flags are from a conscious standpoint of those lacks of faith. And they don't know how to build faith. They don't know what the action steps are. And, so and that's, the, that's the funny part about it is we see it everywhere. We see it constantly. And our mindset's like, oh, yeah, I totally believe that. But, what you, but it's because it's so common, because the common things that we see 
we don't think about anymore. Once something becomes common and it's sitting in your space, you don't have to consciously think about it all the time. And because of that, you see more and more of that common stuff pretty damn often. And so, you know, that's the same way that it should be with you manifesting your dreams and all that stuff is it should feel common in your head that you don't have to think about it all the time. You think about a common thing and then you see it in your environment anytime that you go anywhere, honestly. And so when you think about, you know, the manifested thing that you're trying to create, you think about it once and you're like, oh, that'd be nice. And then you go about your thing. You don't need to sit and ah, try and force it out of you. It's supposed to be a relaxed state. It's supposed to be a belief state. It's supposed to be trusting that it's there. And when something shows up that supports it, you can be like, oh, that's cool. But you don't need to go searching for it. You don't need to. Yeah, that searching is the same thing of lack of faith searching for it. This is interesting. That's what we do when we seek validation from other people or things. Same thing. I'm looking for evidence that I am who I am. I am who I identify myself as. I'm looking for evidence to affirm my self-identity, which is why so many of us have trouble like figuring out how we identify ourselves. And it's, it's like a self-identity is always this fight to affirm. Whereas like having faith in who you are and what you stand for, you don't need that as much. So you don't seek relationships that you know, that, that have to be affirming you all the time, sometimes at the expense of like the health of those relationships. Like I think a lot of people, and that's why like when quotes like believe in yourself are overused, we think it's like this active conscious thing we're supposed to do. And so we don't get it. Cause we're like, it's kind of like same thing as like confidence or like body positivity. It's like, I get it, but how do I just do that? How do I just feel that? And the idea is it's like a complete change in identity. It's a complete, like you have to embody it. Like you have to become somebody new who just knows. And, and that's why it's not, it's, and that's, and it's subconscious because right now you subconsciously are someone who doesn't believe in yourself and you don't know that consciously. So combating that with conscious is really hard. You have to like reprogram a new subconscious in a way. Well, that's because belief is subconscious. So trying right. to throw it into the con, yeah, like believe in yourself as a subconscious thing. But if you shift belief to start acting like you have this or start thinking like you have this, it's different. Belief is like a firm foundational thing. And, you know, when our beliefs get challenged, that's when we start um, resisting people. That's when, you know, our beliefs create our reality. You think mm-hmm. about that, right? Our yeah. beliefs create our reality for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. But when we really think about that, that means when somebody tells you something that you don't believe in or challenges how you perceive the world, you write it off so quickly that you cannot even remember that somebody said that to you. You don't even have that in your memory, the amount of times that somebody said something that you don't believe. And because it's so, it's like that doesn't exist. So your brain says, I don't need that information and literally throws it out. And yeah. that's, that's just hilarious to me because there's so many times where I'm like, this person bothers me because of what they said that challenges what I think. And so it, it bothers you enough that you do everything in your mind to defend it and you bring an army and you attack them as an individual, all these different mm-hmm. things simply because they challenge something that's your belief system. Because if your belief system gets shook, then you'd have to challenge everything in your life, everything about your feelings and your thoughts. And that's where, that's where it really begs the question as well. Like who's really committed to putting in the work, right? Challenging everything in your life and being consistent. That's what, that's what a fitness routine will do. You have to be, <laughs> you have to keep going. You can't build biceps without reps. 
Boom, so full funny. circle. <laughs> what I do, but it's funny because you said belief, your, your beliefs create your reality. Okay. Yes. Your beliefs create your reality and your beliefs is they say that beliefs are just thoughts that have been repeated enough times to be solidified. And so your thoughts create your reality that, that that's what we're getting at here, but they have to be repeated. So when people say, I don't know how to believe in myself, I don't know how to build a new self identity. I don't know how to do this. It's like, that's like asking me how to increase the size of your quad muscle in the next week. You know exactly how to do it. You have to think new thoughts over and over and over again even when they feel weird at the beginning and you don't believe them. The first time you ever did a squat, did it feel good? Did it feel right? Did it feel engaging? Did it feel perfect? Like, fuck no, it didn't. So the first time you think a thought that is, hey, I'm going to, and this is what affirmation is. This is why people repeat affirmation because you're changing your self-identity based on what you believe about yourself. But you have to keep repeating it because when you start, your subcon- it's so at odds with your, with your subconscious that it's like what you said. Someone is saying something at odds with what I believe. So when you start affirming, you are that person saying something at odds with what you believe. But if you were to be exposed to a group of people that spoke at odds with what you believed every single day for a year, your opinions might change. Your beliefs might change. Might. Possibility. Might. But what I'm saying is like when it comes to you, if... And this is why like affirmation is really difficult because people see it as this woo woo. I'm not going to chant that I'm worthy, da, 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 da. But like subconsciously, if you don't believe that you can have what you want, you have to keep repeating those thoughts over and over and over again, that those things are already yours until subconsciously that becomes a belief that does create your reality. And that is the law of attraction. And that has everything to do with fitness because fitness has everything to do with life. It well, is everything. And this is just, jumping into this is jumping into my e-course territory here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to we'll just jump right on it actually. Um, yeah, so we've got the conscious and we've got the subconscious. This is one way to perceive how our world interacts. So we've got the conscious mind, which is the spontaneous. I love doing fun things. I love going out. I love you know all these new and exciting thrills. That's the conscious mind. The subconscious mind is the, I'm picking up every bit of data in the environment and I'm going to keep picking it up because I'm looking for patterns. And the second I find a pattern or a consistency, I'm going to make a note of that. And if that thing keeps showing up and showing up and showing up, I'm going to create a habit or a routine that is based off of that information because now I have data that I can base my reality off of. And so We can do that with habits, you know, simple waking up in the morning. We can do that with the gym. Okay, now our body's gotten adjusted. We can create a routine with that. And we can do it with our thoughts and our emotions. And so the only way to change the subconscious is to keep giving it data so that it can form that habit with conscious action, conscious thoughts, conscious feelings. Right. And so repetitive data in the form of eating well doing reps in the gym. Like you can't, you can't get fit after a couple of days. The repetition hasn't been long enough. So when people ask me why they are not feeling better about themselves or why they're not feeling better in general, it's like, how long have you been repeating good thoughts? Not very fucking long. For most of us, it makes a lot more sense in a gym sense than it does in a psychological sense, but it's really the same thing. Building habit is all of the things that you just mentioned, not just the physical things. And again, this takes us full circle too having a more compelling reason for doing all of this. If it's all about the physical stuff, 
you're never going to get the physical stuff. And that's the irony of it, right? You only get the physical stuff through the psychological stuff. And, uh, and you've got to focus on the chemical equation before you can focus on like the byproduct. That's, it's funny because you need both. You, you can't change the mind until you've changed the body, but you have to utilize right. the mind to change the body anyway. So it's this constant chicken or egg concept, which is like you're constantly working between both. You're sending information between both. When one's down, you use the other one to pick it back up and so on and so forth. And that's everything in the entire universe, right? Relativity and chicken and egg. <laughs> this is the final podcast episode ever because we've now completed all podcast episodes everything for every show. What came first, the chicken or the egg? We're done, guys. Um, that is the uh, end. Episode five. We finished. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing else to talk about. All of the uh, podcasts are the same. <laughs> <laughs> what are we at time wise okay we're good that's yeah. perfect ending point <laughs>